This is the Lost Start of Communication, hosted by Molly and Trisha. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Lost Start of Communication podcast. Our intention for today's episode was to discuss better ways to listen in general. Even though we've touched on this topic before, we've never done an episode exclusively focused on how to listen. However, when Molly and I were discussing listening tactics and strategies, it came to our attention that this is so much harder to do when we're communicating remotely. So when we're talking on FaceTime or Zoom with our colleagues or having large group phone calls with work now because everyone's staying home, it can be harder to listen and respond and have things run smoothly. So then we decided just a few minutes ago to pivot this episode to talk about how to handle remote communication. And of course, we will touch on listening as well. If you all are interested, we will do a future episode dedicated exclusively to listening. But for today, we thought it was relevant and something that we are both navigating is how to make communication virtually a little less awkward and a little more seamless. It's so different communicating over these different tech platforms. So I'm doing all of my sessions with my clients over Zoom or Google Hangouts, um, calling my friends often on the phone. And Trish and I have done some game nights with some friends where we're on Zoom and also trying to play games. It's so different because you're not in person. So all of the pieces that help us be good listeners and good message senders Not all of them are gone, but a good chunk of them are gone. We don't get that in-person body language. Um, There's so many more distractions around us. We'll get all into this in the episode, but there have been times when it's just frustrating, and I definitely don't feel like I'm being my best communicating self. Yeah, and I think it's exacerbated right now because it's not like we've never used Skype before. It's not like we've never FaceTimed or talked on the phone. Molly and I have been... Our friendship has been based on phone calls for the past five years or something. So this is not new for us, but I think since all of our communication, almost all, depending on who you're self-isolating with, is done using these platforms, it suddenly becomes a bigger deal. It's one thing to say, yeah, when I was on that one phone call the other day, that awkward thing happened it's another for every single conversation to be dependent on it. And so it's a very real thing that we're all having to navigate right now and something that we should all feel comfortable with because it seems like we might be depending on technology to communicate for a, a while. I was just going to say that it's going to it's gonna be a while. And then my hunch is even after all of this dies down, I feel like companies might start relying on this more. And so I think it's really important to talk about how do we make it as comfortable as we can, not only for those social, purely social, fun interactions that we have with friends, but also professional interactions during meetings, during um, one-on-one calls, just anything professional too, this all applies. Mm -hmm. And I've been fortunate that I've been working remotely for a year and a half or so before all of this started. So a large percentage of my client base I was seeing virtually anyway. So this wasn't totally new for me. So we'll draw from some of those past experiences as well. But since it is 
both professional and personal now, it's really important that we don't compromise our listening skills and our communication skills just because we are doing so through a screen. Totally. And I'm, and I'm newer to this. So you guys can, you know, hear about all of my troubles as I feel like I'm a pretty good communicator in general, but I've had so many blunders on this platform. So know that it's not just you. It's everybody having some trouble with this. I saw a really funny video the other day that was replicating a Zoom meeting. Maybe we can post that somewhere because it was just, just spot on and it was like an in-person replication of what a Zoom meeting would feel like if we were all in person. I'll send it to you. You can find that on our social media. But anyway, let's get into some strategies to how we can make these conversations feel and run a little bit better. The first thing is be present on all of your communications. This is not exclusive to remote communication. Obviously in life and in person, you want to be present. But what we've noticed is it's a lot easier to get distracted when you are communicating virtually. If you're on your phone, if you're on the phone talking to someone, you can be looking at something else and they have no idea. If you're on a Zoom call, you can be checking your emails or texting to the side and they probably can't tell, especially if you're in a large group setting where your video can be turned off or you can be put on mute. All of those things we wouldn't necessarily do in person. If you're in a meeting with your boss and colleagues, you're not going to be sitting there checking your email because it's rude and it's distracting you from your ability to be present and fully participate in the conversation. So there's an extra effort that we have to make to not get distracted by all the things popping up. And this is really hard because if we're on our computers anyway for the meeting, our email is sitting right there. My text messages go straight to my MacBook. And so it's like I see these messages pop up. It takes a lot of extra mental effort for me to not get distracted by those. I have trouble with this even in person. So it has been doubly hard for me over Zoom calls. I'll admit, sometimes when I'm on a Zoom call with somebody, I will be under the table texting and my head will be down. And I guarantee, like, I'm not listening as best as I could. I miss things all the time. And it doesn't look great either because <laughs> my head is a little bit down. Um, so definitely removing those distractions is going to make you a better listener and you're going to come off as a better communication partner to the person you're talking to. So this goes with even in in-person conversations as well. Make sure that you have the intention of only attending to your communication partner, whether that be a group or one-on-one, -on -one, but it's really important to reduce all of those distractions because you can't pick up on all those nuances. If your eyes are looking at your phone, you miss all those body language clues that people are giving you and your brain is thinking about something else. You're not devoting your whole brain space to that interaction that you're having. Yeah. So some practical tips would be turn off the notifications from your computer. If you're like me and you get text messages, when I'm in a session, I just turn off the notifications so that it doesn't pop up and I don't get distracted. Close out your email, close down whatever browsers, make your conversation full screen so that you're less likely to be distracted by that. Put your phone in a drawer or put it somewhere where you're not going to see it so that you don't have to fight the urge because we know that it's difficult 
And as much as you can, treat the conversations as if you would in person. If you're talking on the phone, one thing that I find helpful is do so while going on a walk. If you know that you're just chatting with a friend, you don't need to take notes, it's not a work call, then go take a walk. Because if you're walking and chatting on the phone, you're less likely, I think, to pull out your phone and scroll social media because you're going to be walking and paying attention to to what's in front of you. I have tried walking and scrolling on social media. It doesn't work well, guys. (laughs) I end up in the middle of the street. Just take it from me. (laughs) Exactly. And also think about the way that this makes you feel. So Molly and I typically both will be walking when we're on our phone calls and we have such deep, fruitful conversations. But I can tell if Molly's not paying attention and Molly can tell if I'm not paying attention to something. And, you know, and so then it's like you stop and you back off being super deep because you're not getting the level of respect that the conversation deserves. And usually we will say, Molly and I are very transparent about, hold on, I'm looking something up right now because we know I'm not fully focused. I'm not fully present, but that person can't, she can't see what I'm doing. So I need to let them know. So that's okay. If you do need to check something, check an email or something, that's totally fine, but make sure you're communicating that so that the other person can then check what they need to, and they're not going on and on. But the the real impetus for this should be respecting the other person's time and energy. So if you're on a Zoom call with someone, what they're saying is important. And if you're not giving them time, and you're not respecting them, you're texting and thinking about other things, think about how you would feel if the table was flipped. And even though we think they can't see us texting, it's pretty obvious when someone isn't paying attention, even if it's on a screen. Totally. In in addition to reducing distractions from other pieces of technology in your own to-do list, one more thing to make note of is even reduce distractions in your environment in your own house. So I try and make my room very clean when I'm doing Zoom calls so I don't get distracted other by other visual information around me. And if you are in a house or a space where there's a lot of other people, try and make sure you're in your own dedicated space so you don't get distracted by maybe your kids in the background, maybe doing something, obviously attend to them if they are hurt or something, but <laughs> make sure you're um, adjusting your environment so other people and other things are not distracting you as well. Yes. And so then all of that will help us do the most important thing, which is actively listen. So tips for active listening, whether remotely or in person, is you always want to listen with the intent to understand, not the intent to respond. Yes. Just a good refresher. Remind yourself. It's very difficult sometimes, especially right now when we all have a million things on our mind at all times. We might go into a conversation with an agenda and thinking, Here's, here are the points that I want to make and not really go into it asking ourselves, what can I learn from the other person? And this is important both in social settings when you're trying to get to know a person as well as in work settings where you really need that information, need to understand that information to be part of the team. When I was doing a little bit of research for this topic, of just being a good listener, I came across some advice of pretend to be meditating when you're being a listener. So reduce all other distractions and have the intent to just listen and focus on that one thing. So when you're meditating, maybe it's your breath, but as a listener, 
focusing just on the person you're speaking to and their information. Try and just watch the other thoughts that come in float by as opposed to grabbing on and saying, I need to say this. I need to respond with this. Shoot, I have some good advice for this. Just try and solely attend and think about the person that is speaking. So get rid of that agenda. Get rid of that story you want to share and just focus on the input that they're sharing. Yeah, and again, think about how that will make them feel. I I used to know someone who lived next door to the Clintons, Bill and Hillary Clinton, and he oh. told me that that Bill Clinton would just make you feel like you were the only person in the world. He when he's talking to you, he just looks you dead in the eye, pays so much attention to what you're saying, it makes you feel so special. I heard that from John Mulaney on one of his comedy specials. Look at that. So (laughs) So many people say this. Yeah, versus Hillary, his feedback wasn't so positive about the way she interacted with people. And I I have not met either of them, so this is just me relaying a message. Don't come after us, Clinton. Sorry. (laughs) But the, the point is when someone listens to you, it makes you feel good. It makes you feel special. So when you think about how you want to come across to other people, how you want people to perceive you and how you want to make people feel, do this for them, but also do it for yourself because it's going to make, it's going to leave a better impression of you to other people if you really care about what they have to say. And in the beginning, you might feel like you have to actively work at it and really focus and okay, I'm meditating right now if it doesn't come naturally to you. But the more and more you do it, the more natural it will start to become. And the more it's going to make you feel good. It feels so great to honor someone else's emotions and feelings. And what I, I've been blessed as being naturally a a pretty good listener. But what I enjoy most about it is I learned so much from other people and in conversations where I'm not a good listener, because even though it comes naturally to me, I don't do it all the time. Sometimes I have something I want to say and I just say it. But in those conversations where I just blurt out everything that I'm thinking and feeling and don't really take time to listen, I will, I end the conversation. I'm like, oh, wait, I didn't learn anything. Like maybe I vented, but I have no idea what that person was thinking. I have no idea about them. And that ends up being less productive in a certain sense. You're so familiar with your own brain why waste that time in a conversation not learning about somebody else's brain and somebody else's perspective too? Take that time to listen, find out about somebody else's experiences. That's going to make you a richer person too by listening to other people's perspectives and stories and ideas because it's going to make you smarter and a better person in general too. There's so many things obviously that I learned from other people and if I was just trying to bulldoze with my own ideas, I wouldn't grow. Yeah, I do just want to clarify. It's not a waste of time to talk about yourself. We need to do that for our own mental health and sanity and to share because other people need to learn from us too. We have things that we need to share and communicate. But the point is that shouldn't be our primary focus. It should be on taking it and what other people have to say as well. And then we can share when appropriate but and when it comes to being an active listener, if you go at it with the intention of, I want to learn just as much as I possibly can from this person, you're not going to want to interrupt them because that will impede your goal. You won't be able to learn about them if you keep interrupting or not listening. And then if you make them feel good during that interaction, they're going to come to you more and more and your bond is going to grow. 
because they're going to get that positive reinforcement of you being a good listener. So they're going to think, hey, that person really listened to me. I want to go back to them and share more things. So inevitably, your relationship is going to grow from there. Yeah. And one tip I always give people that's actually particularly easy now that we're communicating mostly remotely If you have the problem of you're listening and suddenly an idea pops in your mind, you want to say something and it's really hard to pay attention because you're so fixated on that thing you want to say, write it down. And normally it's like, okay, you're in the middle of a conversation, you're having dinner, you can't just write it down. And so you have to make a mental note. But now if if you're talking to someone remotely on a screen, you can literally write it on a post-it and just write a keyword so it doesn't take up too much time and detract your attention for too long from what they're saying. But write it on a post-it and that way when that person's finished talking and you've finished discussing what they want to discuss, you can always say, If you think it's important and relevant, say, hey, I did want to comment on that thing you said a while ago. You might find that after the whole discussion, that comment's not really that important and you would have wasted or you would have spent time dwelling on it instead of really focusing. But if it is something that you really want to share, write it down because then you don't have to worry about forgetting it and you can fully focus and be present in what the other person is saying. And that's really relevant in more professionally based conversations too. Typically, I'll take notes during professional interactions I have, whether it's with my clients or whether it's during a meeting, but I'll always um, preface it saying, hey, I'm also taking some notes during this, so if you see me writing, whatever. So then there's always that, and then it bypasses their thoughts of like they're not paying attention because they're writing, and then you have your ideas set off to the side so you can use them to later talk about in the conversation. And if anything, when I see someone writing when I'm talking, it makes me feel good. If like I'm giving a presentation and someone's taking (laughs) notes, I'm like, oh, they care what I have to say. So it's good. It's that's a better thing to say, hey, I'm just jotting down something so I don't forget it. That shows respect more than not. Yeah. And side note, when you're on a Zoom call, people can hear you typing. So you do (laughs) need to (laughs) make that clarification because I learned that the hard way. (laughs) One of my students was typing during a session. I was like, oh, no, I can hear them. That means they can hear me. So I, I wanted to make sure I was clear if you're on that. mute, though. Oh, probably not if you're on mute. But I don't know. Anyway, so then the other thing that happens frequently, especially on group phone calls or group video calls, are <laughs> we tend to interrupt each other and talk over each other, and then all of a sudden, two people will talk at the exact same time, and so that gets where it gets really awkward. First thing is. If there's an awkward, long silence, be the person that jumps in and starts talking. If you happen to overlap with someone else, one person needs to step up and say, you go ahead. Otherwise, it's like, and they start talking and then it just becomes like a virtual, (laughs) it's like a virtual dance. Like when you walk into someone on the sidewalk and you both go the same way, it's like a virtual one of those. (laughs) Oh, that's a really good visual for that. And it feels so awkward even just thinking about it. I hate it. So, yeah, a very good tip is to just say, go ahead and let the other person or say, I'm going to go ahead and just start talking. Mm -hmm. And uh, the other thing is to avoid interrupting people. In addition to all the active listening that you're doing, after the person finishes talking, wait a second or two just to to give yourself time to make sure that they're finished because sometimes we think someone's finished but then there's a lag or something and we don't realize they're actually in the middle of their point. 
So Molly, yeah. I was just going to tell a story about, um, this typically happens, I guess I have two stories. I'll tell the one about my mom. So this typically happens a lot with my mom. So when we're on the phone, we don't live in the same place anymore. So all of our interactions are mostly on the phone. And I will be telling a story or talking about something. And a lot of times she'll interrupt me and think she has the point of my story. Most of the time she's wrong. (laughs) And so I have to kind of let her know, hey, oh, I'm not done. That's not my point. But a lot of times she'll jump in and interrupt me and it doesn't make me feel like she's listening. She might be, but because she has jumped ahead and interrupted me in that story that I'm telling, I feel not heard and it doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's just an, in general, like don't <laughs> interrupt people, but especially with technology, you have to allow for error. There is going to be it's not as comfortable as in person. So when Molly and I are recording these podcasts, we do that on FaceTime. And so we can see each other. And Molly, you were just talking about how we are very good at using visuals so that we don't interrupt each other because sometimes we both have thoughts or if let's say I'm in the middle of a long monologue about something and Molly is dying to say something, she'll cue me visually on the screen so that I know, okay, Trisha, shut up, let Molly talk. (laughs) So even though you're on a video, it doesn't mean you can't provide some of those visual cues. You can express with your face like, ooh, I, I want to say something. We don't, might not feel as strongly as we would in person. You can raise your hand. You can stick a finger up and just say, oh, I have a thought. If it's on the phone, you might have to step up a little bit more and say, I don't mean to interrupt. I do have a thought on that. So when you're finished, I'd love to get a chance to come back to that. Don't actively interrupt someone. But if there's a pause in the conversation, or you can start to talk, say, oh, you know, something like that to indicate that you do have a thought. And if the other person is paying attention and hears you go, oh, (laughs) then they'll say, oh, Trisha, what was it that you wanted to say about that once they're finished? Yeah, and it's going to have to be a little bit more exaggerated than you typically would in in-person. So like Trisha said, raising a finger, you typically wouldn't do that in an in-person conversation <laughs> unless the person is totally in the own world and you have to like be like, hey, I'm over here, please pay attention to me. Um, but in a video call, it's way more natural and the presence, you don't feel someone's presence as much because there's so much other things going on around you. It's just coming from a screen. So you have to be a little bit more exaggerated with your body language to let the other person know that you want to share a thought. Yeah. And one thing that I found challenging is presenting to larger groups on video platforms because usually the audience has their videos on their sound on mute and sometimes they're not even showing their video. And so it's like you're talking to a wall kind of. And so without that feedback, it becomes very awkward. So what we encourage you to do, if you have the option to show your video, do that one, because it'll encourage you to be a better listener. You can't get distracted if they see your face or you won't get as distracted versus if the video is off, you can be sitting there playing with your hair, painting your nails or doing whatever but also having your video on will let you smile and or nod and show give the speaker something to work with because it's really hard to not hear someone's laughter or not hear not see the nodding along so having that feedback is really helpful for the speaker yeah and if you are say your video is on typically they tell you to mute your 
sound so there's not all that background noise and stuff but we had also talked about even like doing ASL American Sign Language like applause or even like real clapping because they can't hear you or maybe even saying a chat like sending that's a great idea so the speaker can even like see that notification and know that people are interacting in some way. Yeah, the ASL, so American Sign Language, got that from a coworker of mine recently attended a virtual comedy show, and the comic asked, hey, when you think something's funny, since you'll all be on mute, please do this sign that shows applause, and that sounded really cute, and so it's just, we need to all work together to help each other. It's very easy to sit and stare at the screen and be totally monotone with your face and not show anything, but... That's not going to make for a very fun or productive conversation. Yeah. And again, like we said, this might be going on for a while. So these are all really important things to take into consideration and try on your next remote interaction. Yeah. So with that being said, let's talk take homes. I beat you, Trissa, so you have to go first. (laughs) All right. My take home would be challenge yourself. For one conversation that you have today to resist any temptation to look at your phone, check your emails, get distracted, take notes about something else, make sure that you are 100% fully present to that conversation. And I just want you to notice how it makes you feel. Sometimes I think in the middle of a thing, it's like, oh gosh, this is so hard to focus. I just want to pull up my email. I just want to check this thing. I just got a text. I want to read it. And then the times that I don't do it and I'm fully focused on the conversation, I feel so much better. And it feels more like an in-person conversation. So just take note of how good that feels, even though it can be tempting to give in to those other distractions, free yourself of distraction, let it be a meditation, and just do that one per day. This is not my takeaway. I just thought of another suggestion that's helped me this week. I typically go on my phone a lot. People know this if they listen to the podcast. People know this if they know me in person. It's bad. (laughs) So what I've been doing to reduce myself from grabbing my phone during Zoom meetings or getting distracted by other pieces of technology, I will grab something to fidget with. So I will grab a wire. I will grab a marker. I will grab anything the power of Zoom is you can do that under the table and now your hands are busy and you have less desire to grab something and fidget with a piece of technology and your brain will be on that instead. So I always like to have a fidget at my workstation when I work from home and I actually do it in person too and I teach all my kids to do it too. So that's just a fun takeaway or a fun suggestion. Can that be my takeaway too? Sure. Great. That's my takeaway too. (laughs) Excellent. Yeah. Takeaway is replace your technology with a physical fidget if you need one. Yes. Cool. Well, thank you all for listening. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Lost Art of Communication. Stay tuned for that Zoom video that I mentioned earlier in the show we'll be posting that and if you have any questions ideas for topic thoughts concerns please email us at lostartofcommunication at gmail.com and we would be happy to respond thank you guys so much good luck this